This podcast is a part of the Zedia Network. Check them out on Twitter, at Zedia Network. This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Drive the Lane. This is the episode that you've been waiting for, the episode that we've been waiting for, and the episode that Buckeye Nation, which consists of a lot of you, have been waiting for. This is the breakdown of today's episode. We're going to talk a little NBA. We're going to do a fun segment. Jalen Brunson joins us to talk a little Luka NBA and all that sort of stuff. And then we talk to the man himself, Evan Turner, the long-awaited debut of E.T., one of a few retired names in the rafters at Ohio State, along with Joseph Lane. <laughs> so we are excited. Buckle up, and, <laughs> buckle up and drive the lane. Joseph's thoughts on today's episode. Um, I think, first of all, it was really cool to get Jalen's perspective on the Mavs from the outside because, like, how many times – ever is, is there a guy that the Mavs play in an hour when we're recording this and he's on the roster and, call, and called us to tell us about what was going on. We didn't talk about the game tonight because like it's releasing tomorrow. So we didn't want to, you know, whatever, but he gave us some really cool insight on Luca on the team Mavericks, blah, 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 whatever. That was awesome. But Evan Turner, man, not only have we been trying to get him on for literally a year, just schedules have not worked out, but it, he delivered. Like, that was a blast. Awesome guy. Very funny. Very fun. Very insightful. Um, just like, yeah. Well, on top of the basketball season and the hoops being awesome right now, um, and on top – excuse me, on top of this awesome segment we're about to have, <laughs> this, this, the interview was, was, was very, very awesome too. Something that you guys may not be able to realize or maybe you pick up on depending on where you listen or where you watch, when we can get the guests to, like, laugh within the first minute, two minutes, we, we know it's going to be a good interview. That's like, all right, we got him. This is going to be a good show. Uh, exactly. And that happened with E.T. We, we, had a, we cracked a couple jokes right off the bat. It also got a little personal, a little Chicago talk. You guys will hear that. But first, we got an NBA segment. This was Joey's idea, but it was – Kind of stolen, but Joe, why don't you explain what it is? Let me introduce it. It's time for Who You Play For. Oh, hey, oh, let's go now. Our contestant on today's show is Andrew Zolden and and me. But I'm also the host. But no, Who He Play For, in case anyone doesn't know what that is, you might be living under a rock and not watch basketball, but made famous by the TNT um, guys, you know, Chuck, Kenny, EJ, and Shaq. Um, they ask Chuck where guys play for um, in the NBA that have changed teams recently, and they're usually not super well-known guys, but we've made this a bubble edition. So the guys that we've chosen to ask each other about are, are on teams that were invited to the bubble. They might not be in the playoffs, but they're on teams that were invited to the bubble, and we think that's funny because there are a lot of guys that probably wouldn't have got invited if it wasn't for people dropping out. So – Without further ado, Andrew, would you like to kick it off? I think we could just we we're, we said we're gonna have three, but like, let's just go until we feel like we're done. Let's go back and forth one by one, and then we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. All right, my first one, Jamichael Green, Clippers. That's so easy. All right, you go. Um, because he he was shooting like fifty six percent from three to start in the bubble. Um, 
I think I do want to preface and say I think I'm going to be pretty good at this. Okay, you go. I'm, I, I, I think you'll be good at this, too. Well, it depends on this one. This is a softball, in my okay. perspective. Marvin Williams, who he played for. Isn't he, like, the seventh man on the Bucks? Yes, yes, he is. I don't know if he's the seventh man. He's on the Bucks. No, he gets time. He right. gets time. He plays. Right. No, he plays. This is a good one, dude. If you get this, I'll be impressed. Okay. Noah, Noah Vonley. Um, Nuggets. Yep. Good. He was in his trade. That's why Good. I know that. Good. <laughs> Good. Um, I kind of have a list, but I want to, like, bounce around on some easier ones. This one's just funny. I'll say oh, this Just do your list. Just do your list, because I got a list, too. Okay. I'll just go down my list, then. Ah, I want to bounce around, because these I want to steal some that I think you might have. Campaign. <laughs> oh, easy. I didn't have him on purpose. He's on the subs. <laughs> he, oh, he's so bad when it comes to the bubble, and he was unbelievable, bro. Like, it's yeah. just unbelievable. Okay, sorry, I had to use him. He's just no, do another bad. one. Do another one. Okay. That's too easy, because that's a former bull, so we're always going to know where the former bull is. E.J. Dozier. He gets quality minutes for the Nugs. Yep. You know what? Here's the problem. Me and you sports gamble too much, so we know, like, when the I, this has nothing to do with me gambling on sports, bro. No, because we it's know just, the guys. We know the guys at the end of the bench that might be in when we have a twelve and a half point. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> we don't gamble though. All right, you ready for mine? I'm ready. Damari Carroll. He's on my list. It's a good oh, one. Rockets. Rockets. It's a good one. All right, I'll do another um, one then. I'll do another yeah, one. Yeah, go ahead. Frank Mason. Uh. Good one, but he's on the box. It's a good one. Yep. Yep. Um, Chris Chioza. Oh, Chioza's on the Nets. Yeah, <laughs> dude, we're we're good at this. We are good at this. I have I have like five more still. You know what would be great, and it would take us forever to to do this for everyone. But if we could pinpoint like one reason why we know that these guys are on these teams, that would be funny. I could tell you, I know some of these guys I know because they, I've seen them in games, like Bucks, guys, like stuff like that. Like, but like Chris Chioza, I only know because I listened to a podcast um, with Titus, and they talked about bubble breakout guys, and Titus had Chioza on his list because he was like, like it or not, this dude's going to play a lot for the Nets who are going to stink and blah, 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 whatever. So that's why I, I know. know anyway. I, I know like of Chioza and, and like – because he's from Memphis, and my Memphis friends are always like, oh, she's from Memphis. So that's why I know. Interesting. Okay. All right. We're good, though. We're 100% right now. Yeah, all right. Am I up? Yeah, you're asking. This is an easy one, but Thomas Bryant. Wizards. That's not even – that's the team he's been on his whole life. I know. No, he, he – I think he was on the Lakers. Oh, and the I, Knicks. You know and the Knicks. I don't know. I don't know. One of those teams. Um, What's the difference one. between here's... Thomas Bryant and Noah Vonley? Nothing. <laughs> I think Thomas Bryant's a little bit of a better shooter. All right, you're up. They're both centers from Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonte Porter, your boy. Come on. Grizzlies, come on. Yeah, all right, all right. Just make it sure, man. All right, this is my last one. Okay, I have three more. All right, then do a couple of yours. Okay. 
<laughs> I have three that you will not get, I think. Okay, go. I, if you go two for three, I'll be insanely impressed, okay? Okay. Sundarius Thornwell. Oh, shit. I mean, he was drafted by the Clippers. Is he still in the Clippers? He was. Is that your final answer? Oh. He got into a blowout that I was watching. No! My final answer is Nets. Pelicans. Oh, man. That was a good one. All right. You... You ask one, and then I'll ask my last two, okay? All right, Alex Len. That's a good one. I don't know. The Kings. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed King, so good. I'm glad I didn't take any more time. I was going to – my guess would have been, like, well, he Wizards. was on the Suns. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm picturing? I'm picturing Mike Muscala. I was about to say Thunder. He's not even on the Thunder, though. Mike Muscala anymore. Yeah, he is. All right, you're up. Okay, my last two. Vic Law. <gasps> Damn it, I was looking at him earlier. Oh, man. I want to say Rockets. Magic. Oh, man. I was last look, one. I almost picked him. <laughs> last one. I told you I'd be impressed if you got two out of three. Last one, Mariel Shayok. A little college basketball flair. Those guys are all studs in college. I don't even have a guess for him. No guess? No They're guess. not. They were in the playoffs, but have been eliminated. That's a great hint. I got. No, I got no idea, man. The Sixers. the uh, the Sixers. Sixers. Yep. Had no clue. I had no clue. Yep. Wow. Well, that's a good segue to. Uh, we love segues over here. That's a good segue. That's a good segue to the Clippers or the Sixers fired their head coach. The Sixers fired their head coach, but let's check in on a couple of our uh, predictions. Yeah. So we had, we both had the Lakers in the championship. Yeah. You had Raptors. I had Heat. Raptors in the Heat look a hell of a lot better than the Bucks. That's going to be, well, the Bucks have looked really good as of late, but that'll be a really good, that, oh, it won't be a series. Fuck, it's Bucks Heat. Damn. It's okay. Bucks Heat. Celtics Raptors, which is going to be awesome. Oh, the winner of, in my opinion, and you're different, my opinion, the winner of Celtics and Raptors is going to make it to the finals. Well, I think it's either going to be the Heat or the winners of Raptors Celtics. I think Bucks. So you're taking three out of the four teams. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, I don't think if the Bucks win, they'll win again. Right, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> you're yeah, like, the way I worded you're it. You're the winner of the Bucks and. and what <laughs> I should have said, what I should have said is the Heat the are the only team. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think it's going to be the Heat. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Heat. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's any of the four teams, which is cool. That, that's good for the NBA. I'm pretty sure I also said that some big upset was going to happen. And I and think I said Mavs Clippers. Absolutely. 100% did. But I. I still think the Clippers are going to pull it out. I, I think the series is like 3-1 Mavs at this point if Porzingis is healthy the whole time. It doesn't get thrown out of that one game. Yeah, that's a good point. I think they 
Tell, call me crazy, but I think they might be better without Porzingis right now. Call me crazy. I just I mean, think I, I, it puts a hundred percent emphasis on Luca. This is your show, and that and you saw he was a fucking stud. Excuse my language. Yeah, but he'll he'll still have thirty five, fifteen, and twelve, and instead of having forty eight, he's I I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just think Porzingis and Luca are awesome together. But, like, there's something about the fact of, like, when you get the keys to the car and there's no holds bar, like, that rhymed. That was a bar. When you get the keys to the car and there's no holds bar. Make a T-shirt. <laughs> um, I, I just think Luca is not like LeBron in the sense where if, the more pieces you give LeBron, the better he's going to be, right? Because that's the type of player he is. I think Luca thrives. He makes guys better. Just like, same. Say he makes guys better, no doubt. But like thrives on the fact that like it, it's his team. He's shouldering the load, and there's nobody to tell you not. So that's I guess where I'm coming from. But all the all the other series are not interesting, right? There's not interesting. The the Jazz and the Nuggets as we're talking are in a really heated game, but still it's 3-1. Well, Rockets-Thunder is 2-2, and I thought the Rockets were going to sweep. So that's a good series. And I picked the Thunder, didn't I? Um, Yeah, I think I took the Rockets. Which wasn't looking very good until they won the last two games. But the basketball has been awesome. The day basketball has been incredible. We have no more 1 o'clock games, which is kind of a bummer. But, I mean, the NBA is awesome, man. I think there's really six teams that could, could compete for the championship. So maybe even seven. I the Mavs win this. The Mavs win this series. What series can they not win? You know. Yeah. So by saying seven, do you mean like all the teams that are left, and then Mavs, even if they lose, would probably be able to contend? Because I kind of I'm, agree with that. I'm thinking of if there were 16 teams still, seven of the 16 could win, and with the and with the seventh being the Mavs, or else it's six. That's what I'm saying. Got it. I, I think the Rockets are, are – No chance. No. The, the Lakers are so good. I hate people. So, Nick Wright said this, and I agree with him 100%. He was saying that the narrative is going to switch so quickly from the Blazers being the da- most dangerous eight seed ever, Damian Lillard's the best player ever, blah, blah, blah to the Lakers had an easy first-round series, which a little bit, Dame being out tomorrow is going to – you know, yeah, change things a little bit. But games three and four, they won by 100. Like, they are the far superior team, not just in yeah, that think, series, but in the league. I think a portion of that, I'm not saying – I'm not taking anywhere, anything away from the Lakers, but I think the Trailblazers are just gassed, dude. Like, they had to – every game they played in the bubble was a playoff game with Dame playing 35, 38 minutes a game, whereas – it wasn't like that for the Lakers. So they were a little shell-shocked because the Blazers were used to the playoff atmosphere. They were in that mode. So then when they flipped that switch, it was like, oh, God. You know? So, yeah. I, and, and, again, that's not taking anything away from the Lakers because they are way better. Like, way, way better. I agree. So, it's it was fun, though. I mean, it was fun to see Dame go crazy. Maybe CJ will score, like, 40 tonight or something. That'd be fun. Uh, or tomorrow night. But it's unfortunate that Dame's bubble – MVP Dame has to end with an injury, but it could have been way worse than it was. Apparently, people were saying they were scared he tore his ACL. 
So, um, yeah, there, there's the positive spin. I do want to make sure I get this on record. Not that it really matters, but I do want to make sure I say this. Before people say that Zach Collins was out or anything like that, the Lakers' whole bench is brand new, and even their starting lineup. Like, they are dealing with injuries. They're dealing with all that kind of stuff. I don't think you're saying Zach Collins is the reason why the Blazers are out. I'm saying people are going to look for every excuse, and I think there's a matched excuse for every excuse that you could have on, on the other team. Like, you could say that the – They have JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, bro, and J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters. Like, you could say that the Blazers are gassed. You could say the Blazers are gassed, but I think LeBron played six of seven, like, games, and he's playing the whole game in the in this series, too. I mean, it's not like they're – You know it's not at the same level. LeBron can be awesome and be out there coasting. Dame and CJ were not out there coasting. Yeah, I agree. But Blazers, I think – our our uh, our five seed this year if they had Evan Turner just just saying just throwing that out there. Speaking of Evan Turner, I think it's about time. Well, Jalen's going to be up first, right? Yeah, Jalen's going to wrap up this NBA talk for us. Yep, and then we're going to get right to Evan Turner. And when we tell you guys, we've already said it. This is like a a Hall of Fame. Definitely a Hall of Fame drive the lane interview, but it's definitely like a maybe a Hall of Fame podcast interview if you're asking us. I think so. It was awesome. We had a blast. He absolutely will be on again. He hinted in becoming a liaison for us in terms of getting guests for us, which would be very fun. But not only was he awesome, but at the end when he asked questions, he asked the best question we've ever had. And we won't spoil that for you. Um, Right? Don't you think? People have asked that in a different way, and it was just like a one-word answer. But the way he asked it was so much better. So um, one day we'll do a full one. This will maybe be a little teaser for the next episode one day. Oh, by the way, the next episode, you guys are going to want to listen to. Also. <laughs> Just, Let's talk about that at the end. Let's talk about that at yeah. the end. All right. All right. Let's get to Jalen Brunson followed by Evan Turner. All right. Joining us now on drive the lane, Dallas Maverick and childhood best friend of Joey. That's really it when it comes to, uh, notable things uh join us Jalen Brunson Jalen welcome back to the show I think this is appearance number three or four for you yeah it's coming um a regular occurrence now yeah it's pretty unfortunate for for both of us I would say um but we love having you on for these like little insightful segments when something relevant happens and that something relevant happens to be that the Dallas Mavericks might be the surprise of the bubble playoffs so far um, my first question for you, how weird is it watching your team and not being there? Um, it's very weird. Um, it, it sucks, really. Um, just not being there and um, not playing. Uh, it's definitely taking a toll, like, on my my mental state. But, um, I mean, I'm watching them. I've, I'm happy for them that they're playing well. They're fighting. Um no one really thought that they could that um they could even win a game. They thought like the Clippers are way too good of a team and here we are fighting two two going to game five. So I'm really happy for them. It sucks I'm not there, but um I'm just I'm just happy to be part of that. As we are uh recording this, the Mavs are getting ready to tip off here in a little bit. So, you know, hopefully we don't jinx anything too badly by talking about them. But from from the outside looking in, what have you seen from the Clippers that you think maybe is why your squad has been able to take advantage? Um, for one, 
they're not playing like the Clippers that we saw during the regular season. Um, they're, um, I mean, give them credit. They're obviously a well-coached team, have great players, experienced players. But um, I think the, the underdog fight in us is, uh, is probably a little overwhelming for them. Um, obviously, they have the talent. They have, all, they have everything on paper. Um, but for us, we have like, a lot of doubt. We have a lot of um, naysayers against us. So I think we're feeling that for our fire. And um, I, think, I think that's helping us play well. So one thing that you like to do during these games is randomly FaceTime me to ask me if I saw a certain play or a certain pass or whatever during the game. And more often than not, I'm either on the golf course or working. Um, but, but I'm happy to, to have a conversation about it. Last, our last conversation was the topic of is Luca the best player in this uh, in the series, and that was up for debate. And obviously, like you, your opinion is different than mine, and whatever we kind of ended with the same opinion. But then, fast forward thirty minutes later, Luca ended up with forty three points in the game winner, so it aged well for my take of even asking the question. Do you think that's a fair question to kind of entertain? Definitely. Um, obviously, Luke is one of the – he's a top 10 player in the NBA right now. Um, you're going against uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who are very established NBA players. Um, I think this is just going to help Luke's credibility going forward. Um, like, everyone everyone knew he was good, but, like, no one knew, like, if he could, like, will a team, you know? So, if, if Luke could somehow – not somehow. If Luka gets this done, it helps um, us advance to the next round. I mean, it's going to look great for him as a teammate, as a player and all, all that. But um, most importantly for his teammates, I mean, it's just going to do wonders for us. And it's going to give us so much more, um, like, promise and hope for when we're all back healthy and we're all playing and during – a real playoff game in a real arena with fans and all the circumstances that happens during the playoffs. But uh, he's definitely in that conversation. I, I, he just, he's playing too well not to be. He's definitely one of the best, best players right now. 100%. And I think going off what you just said, a lot of people, the casual basketball fan, doesn't realize that this Mavs team is missing you, Dwight Powell and Porzingis right now because he was just announced he's out for the game tonight again. That's three starters. Like, that just – it doesn't just happen that you lose three starters and are contending to be, in some cases, people think the best team in the entire league, right? So, I think that just furthers your point of not only is this team awesome, right, well-coached, care about each other, but, I mean, it, it takes a special talent to, to spearhead that whole entire thing, and that's Luca. So. I mean, kudos to him, obviously. Yeah, seriously. I mean, he's he's doing a lot right now, and um, on a not not only is he doing a lot, he's doing a lot on a bum ankle. So yeah, just to play the way he did with his, uh, I know his ankle is probably killing him, but um, he's he's proving he's proving himself. Jalen, last last little question for me, I think, unless you spark something else. <laughs> Um, so obviously there was tremendous growth from you and the Mavs from year one to year two, you know, you guys are in the playoffs this year, the West was really tight, you know, you guys really could have ended up probably as high as the, the three seed if everything went perfectly in the bubble. 
what do you think, you know, long-term this Mavs core ceiling is and, and even short-term, like, as early as next year? Like you said, we can be a top, you know, four team in the, um, in the West for sure. Um, like you said, the West is very – it's very tight when it comes to that middle pack. It's just – it's very, very – it's – it can go any way. So, um, I think for us short-term, obviously long-term, we want to be we want to be a championship caliber team. We want to win. We want to obviously enter names in history. But uh, I think short term, I think the difference between us right now is that our mindset. Not it's it's definitely stepping stones. Don't get me wrong, but our mindset kind of this year was let's be a playoff team. You know, let's let's get over that hump of not being in the playoffs the last couple of years. And let's be a playoff team. I think for us to take the next steps, all right, let's just not be a playoff team. Let's be a contending championship team. All right, how can we become a team that's just trying to get into the playoffs and to a team trying to win the championship. And I think if we do that, I mean, we got to do – I mean, we got to close out games. We got to do the little things. I mean, we got to do the, the little things when people don't think they matter. I mean, everything matters. And um, I think once we get to that point – and we will with uh, growth and maturity, we will for sure. But I think once we get to that point, I mean, we'll be a playoff or a championship caliber team. And that's that should be our mindset going forward. And then the last question, how are you feeling? How's your shoulder? Dude, I feel great, man. I, re I really, like, every time I watch a game, like, the next time I go shoot or work out, like, I'm just, like, acting like I'm in the game. Like, I miss it. It sucks. This is the longest I've ever been out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. But at the same time, I just – I really wish I was there. Well, we wish you were there, too. We wish we were watching you play. Get healthy. Get ready for a Mavs title run this year but potentially as a, uh, as a repeat because you guys are still in it this year. So looking forward to seeing you back on the court, but also we love watching this team right now. So Jalen, thanks for joining without, us. As we a, love them just as much without you. It's our team now. <laughs> We've embraced them. We, I have uh, Porzingis posters up all over my room. You just can't see them. <laughs> we love the Mavs. Uh, and what do you guys you. say? MFFL, Mavs fan for life. That's us. No, that'd be it. Would have to be for life, Joey. That's what I said. Not, yeah. No, you're not Madison for life. Oh, for sure. I'm just a Mavs fan for now. M yeah. F yeah. M F N. And this isn't tampering. We have no affiliation with the Chicago Bulls. But when you come home and win a championship for the hometown Chicago Bulls, will be C B F L. Chicago Bulls fans <laughs> for life. <laughs> Don't say anything. You'll get in trouble. Don't answer that. I didn't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Appreciate you, my man. Yes, Take sir. Care. I'll talk to you guys. Thank you. Yep. All right. Joining us now on Drive the Lane, the long-awaited debut, former Buckeye, Big Ten Player of the Year, Naismith Player of the Year, current NBA player, and one of the coolest looking dudes ever with those glasses and that cool hair. <laughs> Evan Turner, ET, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming. So I'm glad to be part of the show. I've been watching y'all from a distance and seeing what you're doing. And uh, I'm glad you weathered a storm. You know, it, it, it was an actual lifestyle as opposed to like, a, you know, a trendy thing. So, you know, congrats to both of you. We appreciate that. We've been grinding, and uh, it's paying off because now we got one of our one of our best guests ever. Before uh -huh. we uh, before we talk some Ohio State and talk some Evan Turner, 
got to know this. What are your thoughts on the NBA season right now and the bubble as a whole? Man, it's been cool. I think it's been fun to watch. It's been a lot of entertaining games. I think uh, the scoring, obviously, Dane Lillard's been a hot, the hot thing. Uh, you know, Luka Doncic has been a lot of great talent. And I think it's been something that the country, you know, and everybody's been looking forward to. You know, I think uh, one thing that you, you, you kind of comprehend about sports, not only is it competitive nature and competitive thing, but, you know, the consumers and the fans and everybody used to get away and enjoy themselves. And I think, you know, that kind of made this whole quarantine a little bit easier, you know, just watching that. So you mentioned Dame, and obviously you know we're going to bring him up just because you're a former trailblazer yourself. Yeah. Um, you're human. You're rooting for guys that either you played with or you're your friends, right, in, in this whole thing? Yeah. No, of course, always, always. I'm always rooting with them. I mean, you know, with the guys in Portland, I still talk to them a lot. So sometimes I, I feel like I'm in the trenches with them, you know. But you always want your friends to do well and, you know, keep competing and, you know, play at a high level. And it's been fun to watch them. They've they had some of the most exciting games of the summer. Do you, uh, do you miss being there with them, or are you kind of happy to be on the outside looking in? No, I mean, I comprehend, like, when it comes down to it, I just comprehend the game, you know, I comprehend the business. I comprehend, you know, when the tides turn and when the pages turn and you, you kind of just let it be what it's going to be. I was fortunate enough to go over there and, you know, make it to the playoffs three consecutive years, win a division, you know what I mean, win 50-plus games in the West, which is tough, and go to a Western Conference Finals. That was a efficient, efficient way to spend my time and, you know, collect some money. So – on the other side, the East, obviously, your team is the Celtics, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, Brad, those are my dudes, man. Brad, Brad, you know, Jay Larinaga. You know, I'm always going to be a Marcus Smart fan. You know, you know my dude, uh, my new JJ. You know, a lot of people from there. You know, Andy, Mannix, a lot of people. They showed me a lot of love. It's a great time in that city. And, you know, just positive energy. And, you know, when you play for Boston, that feels more like a franchise. You know what I mean? It was it's just cool to be part of. So then if, if Boston plays the Trailblazers in the finals, I mean, that's a little crazy, but it could happen. Who are you rooting yeah. for? Man, that's tough. Bro. Honestly, I'm really tight with Dame, CJ, and all them. You know what I mean? So that'd be tough. Like, I mean, <coughs> honestly, shoot, if the Trailblazers made it, they deserve to win. Honestly. Yeah. Break it down. I, I, think I, I think I agree with you there. Yeah, Brad, you know, Brad is going to win 10 of them, you know, in due time. Yep. They got, like, they got Jason Tatum and, and you know, Jalen Brown and Marcus Marker in the next 15 years. They'll be fine. So, last year when you were with them, you know, you really helped in that game seven. I, it, you, you can be pointed to as one of the big reasons why they made the Western – why you guys made the Western Conference Finals. After that game seven, after making the Western Conference Finals, were you like, all right, I earned this $70 million deal. I did my part. I mean, I, honestly, to be up until that point, to be like, because I'm just so, like, I comprehended, I comprehended way of life. I guess, like, when I got the deal, I already got the deal. So I already knew I earned it. I was already on, a, like, excuse my language, a bullshit two-year, $6 million deal as is. Life balances itself out. You know what I mean? So, like, when people are like, is it this? And I'm like, no, bro, I deserve, like, I deserve some luck. That's it. Kiss my ass. I, I earned it. You understand what I'm saying? And then when we made it to the Western Conference Finals and, you know, I played well, obviously it was on, you know, it was a big collective effort from everybody else, of course. But 
I mean, sure, I guess if you never really went there before, that was cool to see. And, you know, people joke and say that's it. And, you know, um, it was a blessing. And, you know, it's cool to be part of. I never really thought of, you know, if I was out proving and earn my deal because it's all relative. You know what I mean? Because nobody ever mentioned sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Let me just get get out in front of him and let you know that you can say whatever you want on this tweet. There's no need to watch your language unless you want to watch your language. Oh, no. Okay. I was just making sure. I didn't know who was watching. I know your mom. Check out every episode. So no, no. And she and, and she would be the first person to swear if she was on here. So, right, so cool. I mean, Yeah. You know, I was just trying to keep it classy. No, I appreciate that. But yeah, we, we, one, story, one story that we have to talk about before we talk more hoops or anything with 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 the nice contract you had, you had a nice house and a nice truck drove into your pool. Can you yeah. tell us about that story, please? I mean, it's it's one of my all time favorite stories. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so you know, you go to Portland. It's not like Chicago, bro, where you hear six inches of snows coming and you automatically, you know, we're going to ice the roads. Soft, I mean, soft the roads. Make sure we plow, do all that stuff. In Portland, they won't soft the roads. So I live on a hill, you know. So I guess that morning, I'm just about to wake up. It's like 7.30 a.m. I'm getting up for shoot-around. have a game that night. I just – I uh, I remember them saying that, like, the roads were a little, like, black ice, a little slippery. So when you're going downhill, there's a, eight, a truck carrying 18 tons of dirt with bad brakes. So he's trying to go down a hill, and he slides. Legit runs through, like, the guardrail, runs through, my, like, my trees for privacy – drops down 20 feet and legitimately lands into my pool, okay? So I'm just waking up for breakfast. So I'm like, it's like around Christmas time. So a couple of days before the Christmas tree fell over. So I'm like, dang, like the Christmas tree fell over again. I hope it didn't break glass. And then I just hear my chef say, I have a semi-truck fell into your swimming pool. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, a semi-truck fell into my swimming pool. I'm like, what the hell? I go out there and it just looked like a, you know, a, a Mel Gibson movie. It looked crazy. You know what I mean? What would, you, was, what would you have done if the guy in the truck was all wet in your pool and gets out and came up to you with a 21 Ohio State jersey and said, hey, man, I just want your autograph. I, this is the only way. I <laughs> I, honestly, I probably would, I would have really thought that was the coolest, the coolest shit on earth. You know what I mean? <laughs> After I checked and been like, if the insurance is covered and I'm all good, do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, it's straight. Because when it, after that, I got a brand new house and I had never used insurance before. So, I got me. <laughs> it's like a real, life, a real life State Farm commercial happened to you. Bro, it's crazy. But you want to know what's so crazy? It's like, it don't, like, if you, if you know me, like, shit like that always happens. So, it's like, of course. Like, even my teammates were like, of course that shit would happen to happen. Like, legit, it's, the second I found out the dude wasn't going to die, like, obviously, the fire department, everything was coming in and stuff. I called my, I called my people, and I was like, yo, this is what happened. They're like, well, you're, you're insured, so you're good. And I was like, bet. And I just walked down the hill and went to shoot around. And that was it. I'm picturing, then, you, I'm picturing you calling up Coach Stotts and going, Coach, I'm going to be a little late to shoot around, so don't find me, please. A semi-truck drove into my house. <laughs> no, if you want to know what's so funny, I sent a video into our team security. be like, um, I'm going to be late, you know? So I've been late, like, like, twice before that over three years. So when we walk in, I guess when, Stott, when, when, when uh, Rick, Rick Riley walks in to go tell Terry Stotts, like, yo, Evan's going to be late. And he's like, and Stotts hates when you're late. 
He said, well, a, like a, a truck fell into his pool. So Terry kind of looked at him like, you fell for that, bruh? Like, you know what I mean? He's like, no, I'm telling you. And then legit showed him a video, and it's like, there's a semi-truck in his pool. And then that's how we, and then we finesse from there, bruh. It's like the dog ate my homework. It's like, no, I'm not fine. It's like, no, no, here's the video of the dog eating my homework. Yeah, that was crazy, bro. Literally, bro, it was, it was legit, legitimately crazy. I told you, for three days, they couldn't get to, they couldn't get, to get the truck out the pool. For like four months afterwards, all the workers, I had all glass windows. Like on my second floor, when I just look out, I would see like 20 people just outside fixing my, like, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it took like nine lunch breaks and I'm just joking, but they, <laughs> it definitely, it definitely is a blessing, a curse. And the dude didn't, I mean, a gift, a blessing in disguise and the dude didn't die or anything. And, you know, it was, it could have worked out the best, you know, best way possible because if you would have went seven feet to the left, he would have crashed into my kitchen. And I would have just been waking up to eat breakfast, you know? It's crazy. It is. Yeah, so. I had written down on my questions, like, what's the funniest slash craziest NBA story you have? Obviously, that is in, like, a different realm of crazy. <laughs> but, like, story. you've had a bunch of, you know, high-level all-star teammates, been around a bunch of cool coaches, everything. So, I'm just curious, like, if you have one story in your mind that sticks out, maybe even untold so we get a little headline out of you, that, uh, that kind sure. of is, like, you're – Holy shit, NBA story. Uh, holy shit, NBA story. Let me think. Oh, man, I wish I wish I can tell you the good, good stuff, but let's see. <laughs> hmm. It's a toughie. Right, huh? It's, it's that's, a toughie. No, that's a toughie, right, because there's a lot of them. I think... Um, I mean, I, th- I thought, like, a holy shit NBA story, I thought, like, just outside looking in kind of was when, you know, we were competing. We had this crazy game, and it's like Dame and, and KD, they're going back and forth. But I think KD had 50, and Dame had, like, 44. And I just remember um, – I just remember hearing them go back and forth, like, trash talking at the free throw line. Like, you know, just how – how tense it was like you know what I mean because it's like when you break it down it's like two head honchos like you know what I'm saying so when it comes down to it like as an NBA player honor amongst thieves you know you kind of stay in your lane but you know that's let them two talk it out and leave it at that so it was kind of going like back and forth and back and forth and then like thank the Lord Dane finally shot some free throws and then after that, I think they probably scored, like, 25 apiece. It was legit the craziest thing ever. But, like, that trash talk there of just, like, two, like you know, just two alphas have probably been circling each other, but to lock up with each other, you know what I mean? It's kind of – that was kind of crazy because that was two real scores, two real talents now locked in. And we ended up winning that game, and Dane was unreal, and KD – I mean, that dude was just – that dude, man, was unreal just scoring. You know what I mean? So – it, it really is amazing in the NBA because it doesn't happen in college. The NBA yeah. is the only league where you can – the stars can align where two top 20 players in the world yeah. are both on, right? Even if they're yeah. kind of on, it yeah. still could be a 35 to 44 type of yeah. deal. Yeah. Like, holy shit, does basketball get any better than this? Yeah, no, for sure. And that's been crazy. You know, see some battles and see, like, some real, real, real talent. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. So 
I mean, some nights it's like it's, it's, it's legit. You, you know, you mentioned battles. You mentioned back and forths. You know, we're I grew up a uh, a big time Chicago Bulls fan. Curious what the status of your relationship or lack thereof with D Rose is at the moment. <laughs> uh, D Rose is a legend, bro. You know what I mean? I've always been a fan of D Rose. Um, ever since we were kids. Uh, what was it? I remember being a sophomore. Shout out to Michael Horton, uh, the Horton family, the Hoop Tiller Hurts team, but they put on a super sophomore showcase. So I was. I wasn't even on, you know what I mean? Nobody really knew me, actually. A guy named uh, Jeff Rubin begged, you know, knew Mr. Horton, but kind of begged him to let me play and get into the showcase. So I'm like, yo, this kid's good. I wasn't even playing varsity at the time or nothing. I was just coming from the freshman team and playing sophomores. So I remember going there, and I remember hearing about a kid. Obviously, he couldn't play varsity because his coach didn't allow freshmen to play varsity. So Derrick Rose is going into his sophomore year. And, um... I'm showing up and stuff, and I'm on a team with, you know, a guy we saw in pictures and stuff, you know what I mean? And I remember uh, we had to go around and introduce ourselves. I just remember this shy dude with legit, like, hand, like, arms and shirt, like, legit like this, and then he legit says, I'm Derek. Like, you know what I mean? And then that was the last little calmness he had to him because he legit went out and was just going crazy. I tell people, I had a great tournament, but he passed me the ball a lot. And I went in that tournament, like, not ranked or anything. They're coming back, like, top 10 in the state to start my sophomore year. You know what I mean? And that just shows you a type, like, how special he was back then. And, um, you know, obviously, we had the battles that everybody talks about that I always hear at uh, when we were in high school, you know, which was a great game and great entertainment. But um, I've never – we like, we never, ever had a relationship in general. My next conversation with him would be probably my third conversation with him because, you know, South Side and West Side so far and whatever happened in high school kind of got further, you know, it kind of got, it kind of got blown out of water a little bit and rekindled again when we played in the playoffs. But I remember seeing him go down with his knee injury and I remember sitting there and like, to me in my head, I was just like, there's no way, like he just, that's, there's no way he goes down. You know what I mean? I just remember, like, like, just praying, like, there's no way, like, he has to get out. Like, you know, just him tear his ACL and continue to get hurt and stuff. Like, you know, that, that killed everybody because that's, you know, he's, he's Chicago. You know what I mean? And for the youth yeah. in the city, and the higher he goes, the higher the youth can really see. So that that really hurt, you know? And to come back and see what he's doing now and stuff. And get, you know, he's from Minnesota, got 50, 50 points, and he's back where people need to start paying attention, where he's really at all-star level and he's really back at, at a high level. So I, I'm, I've been nothing but, you know, obviously competitive versus D-Rose, but a dude that's been rooting for anybody from Chicago. So I think because, because of how much you were embraced by Columbus and Ohio State and, and Ohio as a whole, I think you're kind of unfairly left off of, like, greatest – Chicago basketball players and part of it is because I think you're so thrown into Ohio and I think that plays a little bit of a role yeah you want to know what's so crazy you want to know what it really is and you guys probably don't you probably think I'm from West Chicago. you don't know where I'm from do you I don't I know you went to yeah. St. Joe's all right so so kid you not I could take you over there if you really wanted to and everything like that and I could take you over there or whatever everything like that I'm literally no joke from Sermon, 
I don't know what my phone. I'm literally, like, my fault. I'm literally no joke from Samak Pulaski, from, like, you know what I mean, out on the west side. I grew up 10 minutes from, you know what I mean, at United Center. And when you watch Hoop Dreams, every single day I woke up and took the bus at 5.30 a.m. into the birds. So, like, when people sit there and stuff, like, if I went to a public high school, I would have went to Perry. You understand what I'm saying? So then when you, when you talk about some of the top high school dudes, like, I mean, D Rose and all those dudes, like those, like D Rose, unreal, unbelievable. Like, but I already, after a while, like, it didn't matter what it was or anything in the city and stuff, or when people leave me off those lists, because people already know, like, it was already official. You know what I mean? And I, I was already official hooping on playgrounds prior to that. And people, like, when I would hear through the great line of just like city, like city players and stuff, it's like, me and Dimitri, like, you go to St. Joe's or not, you didn't want to come through to Westchester. You didn't want us to catch you nowhere because we were blowing we were blowing them the hell out. And I think sometimes with the public school, it's a lot of great talent and a lot of great great things like that. But, you know, when you come into the city and you play them in the playoffs and stuff, there's a lot of animosity, you know what I mean, from city and playoffs and suburbs. So sometimes I think – I don't think it's like the city doing it. It's just the way the newspapers and things like that to just leave you off. I mean, you name whoever. I mean, Coach Pingator tell you whatever, like, D-Wade, Jabari, all those dudes were official, AD, everybody was, like, unbelievable. You know, Iman Shepard, we went to middle school together and stuff, and everybody's official, but I don't need to be left off the list, and if I had to show up and play, I can go get it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it, ended, and it ended up beautifully. Ten-year career. Yeah, yeah. A lot of money. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, least, who are you trading with? Probably no one, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, like, I, what list? Like, in my list, like, I invented my own little world where I'm – in Nirvana, like everything is a plus, like because coming from, you know what I mean, like oh, coming from the bottom, like coming from Cermak Pulaski, I'm up, I'm legitimately up, like to go somewhere, and like I told you, play freshmen and sophomores, and nobody know my name, so you know, for, for forever being, you know, remember, you know, in certain places, a beautiful thing, and I'm up, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, I think it only makes sense to transition this into, into some Ohio State talk because that's why people are, are listening to this episode because they want to hear from the dude who's got his jersey in the rafters. You know, there's only a handful of those guys. You, me, and like three others or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I figured, bro. That's why I'm so blessed. <laughs> so, all right. Tell the people at home because I know the story, but like how did you get to Ohio State? Because you talked about it. You're, you weren't a D Rose, you weren't a Jabari, you, no one knew who you were freshman until the end of the sophomore year, right? How did you end up at Ohio State? Um, honestly, I was, so a lot of people don't know, but my dad's side is from Ashville, Ohio. So every summer since I was 10 years old, I came to spring and summer. My first time coming to Columbus, Scooney Penn and Buckeyes went to the final four. Like, you know what I mean? So I remember even that summer, I would go to NYSP camps at Ohio State I got MVP at the Clark Kellogg camp, like all that. So I went and played at the LeBron James tournament. And uh, I remember before we played in this game, one of uh, our coaches, like the kids you're about to play versus next, is by far the best shooter you'll ever see. And I was like, what? He's like, he's going to Ohio State. He put up 77 points in the game. If you don't come out ready, he's going to kill you. So I'm like, who is he? Like, you know what I mean? And he's like, he's like, it's John Deebler. I'm like, John Deebler? I'm like, who is that? Like, you know what I mean? So he come out with some white kid. I'm like, this, I'm like, this white kid is going ham like that? I'm like, yeah. 
So my uncle's at the game. He's a big Buckeye guy. My little cousin, who's like four years younger than me, was at the game. So he's like 12 or something. And then Coach Mata just so happens to be at the game. First few plays of the game, Diva pulls up on the volleyball line. <laughs> now I switched on him. I played pretty well, obviously. Coach Mata was intrigued, but my little cousin went up to Coach Mata because he's a big Buckeye fan. I was like, hey, Coach Mata, who are you here to see? And he was like, and that's my guy right there. He said, you're not here to see my cousin? He's like, who's your cousin? He was like, Evan Turner. He was like, what? Like, you know, and that, and that was, um, and my uncle was like, yo, Coach Mata's a man. And I was, I probably ended up killing that day, like that weekend. That was Saturday. By Thursday, I had a scholarship from Ohio State. It's awesome. And then uh, it turned out, I had my offers. I was weighing my offers and stuff. And, you know, I ended up going to NBA Top 100 camp in Met Costa and Dallas and, uh, you know, Diebler. And they were cool. And I always tell this funny story, but, you know, me and my mom, we were kind of butting heads. And I had Wisconsin kind of close, you know. And Ohio State, I definitely wanted to go. It was definitely cool. And I, I knew how much talent it was. And I was just like, man, I'm, go I'm going to Ohio State. That's it. I'm going. I got rebelled, and I was like, I'm going to the Ohio State. This is where I want to go. And then that was it. It happened. Wisconsin was number two, though? Wisconsin was damn. Like, honestly, Wisconsin recruited me well enough where I should, like, I should have gone. Like, they, they, like, we spoken on it, and they've been mad with it legitimately. They had a good reason to be mad. At, I should have gone. <laughs> and so, it's so crazy. You know, you hear so many stories, like the famous – Coach Mata's story is that he told D'Angelo Russell, like, hey, man, come to Ohio State. You're going to make it on the back end. I promise you that. Did he say anything to you like, hey, man, you're, you're going to be player of the year if you come play here? What, what was kind of the stuff you were hearing from him when you were making your final decision, if you can remember all the way back then? One thing I remember was just, like, he had me, like, juiced, like, ready to play for him just off, like, me and him, like, his energy. You know what I mean? And um, I, I think one thing like, – you, you could see that he, he saw a bigger picture and where the program was going. And it, it really made you believe in talent because he was only getting the best of the best. You know what I mean? And um, I think when it came down to it, you know, what what, was, what he taught to me sometimes, he knew how good I wanted to be. He would tell me, like, these are moments where you have to take your jump. You know what I mean? Or, like, great players play in games like this and they win these games. Like, you have to get a Big Ten championship. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that type shit, you know? And I think this really has set the tone for, you know, the mental capacity. And, you know, I remember when we won the NIT championship my, my freshman year and legit, when we went into the locker room, it was like, yo, we didn't come here to win this. Like, I've never seen a trophy or anything, you know? Like, you really had just set I've the tone. never seen it either. Yeah, you've never seen it, yeah. And that's just pretty much what he was doing, setting the tone of where your mind should be at. So – let me hit you with this. One story that he would always tell us about you, um, and he would tell the young guys this because you had a rough start, right? I mean, yeah. and he would say, one of the best players to ever play for me, Evan Turner, he didn't have it figured out right away. And it took – there was this point where you had to say, all right, am I going to go this way or am I going to go that way to figure it out? And you obviously did. What was the turning point for you to go from really good college basketball player to the best in the, in the country? Um, I think it was like one thing Coach Mata said was like just being two feet in. You know what I mean? That was honestly it. He was like, yo, you really got to be two feet in. He said, like, have you been two feet in? And um, that really wasn't, you know? And I think one thing was that he, he did, 
he made me challenge my mind. You know what I mean? Like it was all mental. He's like, you're you're super talented. You're super, you're great, but he's like mentally, you have to keep you have to keep you know getting stronger and keep getting better. You know, and um, I thought that's just one thing, man. I think like you know, once we we broke down, we sat down, and we kind of got on the same page. I think he comprehended that I or where where I was coming from, my energy and my passion. And um, fortunately enough, he took a lot of time with me to channel to channel that energy and put it the right way. And even during games where it'd be moments where, you know, it could be tough moments where I can get wound up. He was a voice I listened to and, you know, really got me on track. And, you know, just the support I had from him and just a friendship is really what made me go that fur- much further for him. I mean, I came back from a broken back injury you know, I mean, when I pretty much could have just sat out and did whatever, because I really wanted to win for him and my teammates. You know what I mean? And that wasn't—I didn't owe him anything, but I thought that so he would do it for me, I would do it for him. That's awesome to hear because all the stories I've heard about him, all the stories I've heard about you, is that that's exactly what you guys would do for each other. You can't talk about Coach Mata, Evan Turner, and Ohio State, and not talk about your half-court shot against Michigan in the Big Ten tournament when he was screaming after. We've heard from his perspective the last minute or so of that game. Let's hear the Evan Turner perspective of the end of that game. Man, honestly, this is dead. This is real perspective. So I remember – I realized what type of year I was having, you know, and just watching TV and stuff like that or just watching movies and everything. I was like, I need a big moment. There's a big moment that's going to solidify all this. I know I've done a lot, but I need a moment where it's like, this is it. The Heisman moment. Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever you want to call it, you know? <laughs> so I was at the gym that week just shooting. I was just like, for whatever reason, I'm like, bro, I feel like I'm going to have to hit a crazy shot, like, you know? So I shot a couple from deep, and I was just like, just hold your follow through. But during then, I was like, so you know, confident and, you know, borderline, like, arrogant, or, like, a showman in a sense of, like, I was quiet, but I was aggressive, but, like, I was sh- I was a showman in a sense of, you know, ta-da. So I was like, when I'm, if I make a shot, I'm going to act like I already knew it was going in. So mind you, you're playing a game, and it's one of the worst games I ever had. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm sitting here like, bro, how the hell are we losing? We were just up 15. So when they came back, whatever, in my head, I'm like, bro, this is playing out super weird. I promise you, this is what's really going on last minute. And then Manny Harris comes over, hits a pull-up over. Manny Harris hits a pull-up over um, Dallas Lardell, whatever, yada, yada. We go to timeout, and I remember thinking, like, yo, this is where I'm going to make the shot. You know what I mean? So Coach Mata draws up a play or whatever. I remember before the play, they're like, Evan, you go this way, and if not, you know, you know, you got to shoot it from here, kick it to John. And then Dave was like, if, if they trap you, I'm going to throw it back here. I'm thinking, like, Shh, yeah, okay. I'm about to let you go. <laughs> this is my moment. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, you know, I'm almost like, okay, <laughs> but, you know, like, whatever. You might as well not even wait. So when I'm when I'm lining up at the free throw line, I'm looking like, why, why isn't anybody, like, pressing me? You know what I mean? So I'm looking like, is this serious? So I was like, I'm just going to make sure I shoot my normal follow through, like I said. And don't react crazy after it goes in. So that's when I shot it, held it, and then I turned around. Like, you know what I mean? And then. Showman. Yeah, well, the coolest part about that was um, Mata, Mata was so turned up. <laughs> oh, it was so crazy. Coach Mata was so turned up. I was like, bro, I was like, 
what if we would have gotten technical or you know what I mean? Like rescinded. Yeah. That was a big game and it, it led to a special weekend and obviously, you know, that was God and that was a cool moment and I guess it's it's what really, you know, I guess what I was looking for to really bring up moments like this, I guess. So obviously that's gotta be one of, if not the best moment of your time at Ohio State. Individual moments, not a tournament championship, not a yeah, yeah. what is an underrated part of your experience at Ohio State that you oh. you always look back on, you're like, that's what you're talking to Diebler about. That's what you're talking to all these boys about all the time. Our, our, the our year, my, my last year, the same year, I start, we started off one and three in Big Ten play. I broke my back December 5th. My first game back was like January 6th, and we were like one and two in Big Ten play in the first few games. And we had to go to Purdue, and Purdue was top five, and Robbie Hummel would have never tore his ACL. They would have went to the Final Four. Like, they were an unreal team, and to play at Mackey is impossible. So we come down. We're down 14. We come back and win that game. We end up winning 12, I think 11 out of the next 12 games to tie for the Big Ten, the Big Ten, Big Ten Championship. And, you know, we went to Purdue and Michigan State, to, you know what I mean, to win on the road and stuff. And then went to the Big Ten Tournament <coughs> and won that. I don't think that gets enough credit because we start off one and three. We could have mailed it in. We could have all been selfish and been like, hey, like, whatever. It's not my problem. Like, I think the biggest thing was, was like, like, it made me recognize, like, unity, chemistry, and, like, what teamwork can really do. Like, it wasn't because, like, I was great or this person was great. It was legit because Evan cared about John. John cared about Dallas. Dallas cared about Dave. Dave cared about PJ. PJ cared about Will. Like, we were all, like, you know what I mean? Like, we were brothers. And you legit persevered through something as brothers. And one and three in a big team with four other top 25 teams. And we still did that. And we and, and we and all we had to do, and not saying like because I came back or anything, was like we legit like the second we all get back together, it's over. And we always felt like that. Like that. Like that. Like that. That's one of the best bonds I ever had. I feel powerful. I feel powerful. feel powerful around around me. But it's just like that's always been the tone. The second we get together, we can do anything. So you mentioned some of your teammates. I know this is a hard question. I think I know the answer, though. Andrew definitely doesn't. But who – I guess NBA also, but who's your favorite college teammate of all time, favorite NBA teammate of all time? I know it's hard, but I, think you, have an, I think you have an answer. I'm going to have to – man, I got to go like, with the old state team. I think somebody I respected the most and never got enough credit was David Lighty. Yeah. Because, you know, just as a, te- as a friend, like he's one of my best friends and – as a person, like as a leader, you know how much he sacrificed and genuinely, like, truly, truly, truly just didn't care who got the credit. You understand what I'm saying? Like, even somebody I looked up to, like, when I had great moments and it could have happened to him, like, to look to him and he pat me on the back or genuinely be happy for me, you know, that meant the world to me. And that was a genuine thing. And I think as a young individual who's super competitive, sometimes you don't know how to hone you don't know how to hold those type things. And I was fortunate enough, like I said, when my brothers were deeper, the same way. Dallas was the same way. Will Buford, PJ. Like, it was like, no matter what, like, I, I, like, they helped me become better because at the end of the day, if I wasn't kept keeping up with them, I would have to, you know, get voted off the island. They were just such great people. Like, if I wasn't being a great teammate, they would be shown by how they acted. You understand what I'm saying? And like, Absolutely. 
I guess like old state was dope, but like being around those individuals is the best thing that ever happened in my career because it helped me become a better friend, better man, and you know, and it's still my bond now. Yeah, and if anyone doesn't believe the bond still exists, then they don't pay attention to TBT or anything like that. Yeah. I was special, and we're just gonna pretend this year doesn't happen. Weird year, bubble doesn't count. Yeah, but was, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but that was crazy because even when we lost, bro, I was like, I was upset, but I didn't care. It's like, bro, I'm going down with these dudes anyway. Like, we didn't, we didn't, we were like, we were just like, damn, we lost it. But like, genuinely, it was the best loss we could have ever had because it's like, bro, I'm losing with this group every time. There were some rumors that you were going to play. How close was that to, to actually happening? Honestly, I never really thought about it. No, I thought about it. Then I was like, is this real? And then I was like, what would time show up to be? And then I was like, do I have time to do it? And like prepare to get it done. And then it was just it, so much that happened, just like with real life stuff going on, where there wasn't really much time. I was playing and stuff. But I, I really thought we were going to win regardless. You know what I mean? And I didn't want to make it a thing where you come back and it's a, some type of nonsense attention on some some throwback memories from a decade ago. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't about any of that. I, I, I legit thought, regardless of which, before it happened or not, I thought we already had a cheat code. I thought it was already unfair. You understand what I'm saying? So. Who'd, you, who'd you think was really – for this season even though or this year i don't really know what to call it this tournament from from tbt this year who did you think was going to be kind of the go-to guy uh on uh for uh the, the, uh, scarlet gray right i mean yeah. Yeah. our karma's crew right i'm sorry yeah uh no, you always know you honestly you always know it's gonna be lighty you, you can get lighty going you will be for um it was so many man deshaun thomas you know what i mean you get three blur going like it was just, man, it was tough. That was that was a really good team to face in the span of, you know, it's like a tournament round. They already had some flow, and we couldn't, you know, we couldn't really turn the corner. And, uh, you know, next year's going to be a fun year. Hopefully we can try to get Kraft to play. I doubt. I don't know how tough No, he's playing. Are you serious? What? <laughs> Hopefully it works. I guess you would know better than me. How could he not? He's always going to be in shape, right? Why would he not play? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like. It's only two weeks out the summer. I think he could. I don't know what his obligations would be, but that's a good point. Yeah, I think he could. I mean, I wouldn't want to play. You know, have anybody else do it? Yeah. What? How? Uh, <laughs> you know, I have to ask a question about Mark Titus because it wouldn't be an episode with me yeah. if we didn't. <laughs> he always jokes about how he should be on the bench. Like that'll never happen, right? What in the NBA? No, not in the NBA. <laughs> For uh, Scarlett and Gray. Oh no! Fuck no. <laughs> no, I, honestly, to be completely honest with you, like, I don't know what, like, for why. Like, I like Titus, too. I love Titus, bro. I just feel like, like, if he could make it seem like it makes sense, Pat, I'll give, I'll give Titus this credit. Like, our, our freshman year, we were terrible. We would do, like, scrimmages where it'd be 10-minute scrimmages. And I kid you not, the only time we scored was at the free throw line. So we legit have to put Titus in, who'd be sitting on the sideline for two and a half hours. He'd come out and make, like, two or three threes in a row. Like, we would depend, like, Titus, shoot it! Like, <laughs> so I'd give him credit for that. So I remember, I used to be like, Titus, you got to look for your, Like, he's the only one scoring buckets. We couldn't score. We run a play, he just shoot a three, he shoot a three. That's, that's always the walk-on experience, right? It's either – it's one of two ways, right? You're either the guy that sits the whole practice, the whole game, comes in and can't, do anything because you forget how to play basketball in that yeah. time 
or you just have that fuck it mentality yeah. and you're like, I'm just going to chuck it and, and hope that it goes in, which is how me and Titus both operated. Yeah, but then no. he had the whole, uh, he had the whole, I'm not going to shoot it anymore. Cause I'm, cause I, I cause I'm perfect from the field. I, yeah. that wasn't, that wasn't my style. You know that. No. But. I will say this, Titus. Like as much as you joked, wherever he he was more solid than what we than what we thought. So, and he's you know Titus was kind of arrogant. So he's like, I'm, I'm too good to get in these minutes. So you know what I mean? Like, bro, okay, bro, but you still didn't get off. Like you still didn't make it here. So go kill in that game, shit. You know? Yeah. No, it, it's that's so true because at Ohio State, it's not at every school, but Ohio State, in order to be a walk on, you have to be a really damn good basketball player, and people don't yeah. understand that. You know, like people, especially with like me and Titus, like we make a lot of fun of ourselves, right? So people thought that we sucked. But like yeah. then I get in at the end of the game and like I'm hitting shots and people are yeah. like, oh, my God, it's a miracle. It's like, no, I'm I'm a pretty damn good player. You know, yeah, it's, the nah, weird, yeah, yeah. it's the weird walk on experience. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you really got to actually be able to play it. Like some people, I think like you see a walk on games. And it's like, no, bro, like this dude's been going against future pros. Like, you know what I mean? Like this dude done some rigorous, intense, like, all-world workouts. Like, this dude is bench-pressing twice his weight. This dude is being challenged mentally every single day. This dude got to make people believe he belongs, even when he didn't get offered to belong. And he physically had, he has no advantage <laughs> in, in any sense. Like, do you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, physically or whatever. Uh, like, yeah, I understand it pretty well. <laughs> that's what, no, no, but, but I'm saying like the owner, like earners factor, get rooted for whatever, and that, that that's everything because it, it don't matter if you bald or not. I didn't met some idiots that could hoop and had no heart to push through. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it's time to count on, they never ever did anything out of ordinary. They did everything they're supposed to. And it's like you respect the dudes that that, that work with everything. You know, Kyle Matts, and at, at the end of every practice, was exhausted, legit drenched in sweat, exhausted, dead tired. But you knew he gave everything in each part of practice. You knew he didn't leave anything on the floor, you know. So yeah, absolutely. Et kind of my last Ohio State related question. So obviously the coaching staff and the personnel within the building is different now than when you were playing there. How much has Coach Holtman and his staff and everyone there now embraced you as an alumni? No, it's all. It's been cool, man. I like Holtman. You know, you know they're all part of the same kind of coaching family in a sense of Butler. You know what I mean? Because Coach Mata came from there, Brad Stevens, you know. So they embraced me, you know, a lot. I think they always been cool people. They've been respectful people. I mean, it's always so weird to, you know, talk to them because they're talking to me as like an elder. So, you know, like I'm 30. So sometimes like really talking to kids and, you know, giving advice from 19 or whatever. But his wife, the whole staff, everybody's always made us feel at home. And just, you know, it's been positive. And, you know, I think they've been trying to do a lot of positive things up there. They brought a lot of excitement so far. And I think, um, you know, once they, this is, these are the years when they start turning the corner and really start cementing what, you know, his legacy and stuff, you know, continue to. Absolutely. And we're excited. I mean, obviously, I have a little bit of different perspective, just being a little less removed, you know, from the program. And I think we both agree that the years coming up, like you said, are going to be the ones where he shines. Just like Coach Mata, you know, he was great at the beginning, like Holtman, and then he took off like a rocket ship. I think yeah. it's the same sense for Coach Holtman, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think everything is a adjustment period. You see how fast he, he's done in the adjustment period of, you know, the splashes he made. So 
I think when it comes to that and doing things the right way and teaching and, you know, most importantly, just making it a culture, I think it'll work out. Something uh, we always like to do, and it's always better with guests like yourself that are a little more high profile. You know, we just asked you a bunch of questions. Let's, let's put you on the spot. It's time for you to ask, ask Joey and I a question or two. All right, Bat. What, um, if you could have any, if you have anybody on the show, like, good, bad, and different, I don't give a damn, it's like the cute girl from the Dairy Queen. <laughs> Who would you have on there and what would you ask her? Or ask whoever? Uh, Zolan, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go, I'll go first. I, I kind of have, I kind of have two answers. So I have like my, I would be making a mistake if I didn't say this. Like, got to say LeBron as like the the dream guest. Number one, yeah. have to have him For on. you. For me. you. Yeah, for me. <laughs> my, my question would be, is Bronny going to go to Ohio State? That's definitely the question I would ask him. Yeah. But then – Yeah. But is Bronny going to even go to college? That's the real question. I have to go to college. Who needs college? <laughs> He's just taking over the family business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Probably just like a random person to have on. I would – Oh, I feel like – I mean, now you got me thinking with the random girl from Dairy Queen. I feel like I got to yeah. come up with a good answer. Um <laughs> – <laughs> Man, probably like someone's high school coach, like a, a famous player's high school coach, and ask them about what they were like in high school, like a like LeBron, like Keith Dambrod or Coach Drew, yeah. Ron, or that's real. I like that. Or, or like Baker Mayfield's high school football coach would probably have some crazy Baker stories. So, so those are my two answers. I want the Johnny Manziel story. Yeah, that's a good one too. Ooh, that's a good one. Johnny Manziel would be very fun to to have on I think my I'll, I'll give two answers to I guess first one more realistic we talk all the time about trying to have CJ McCollum on I think that because he has the Ohio ties yeah, and he is like, like like he's a podcaster like yeah you just make the connection that's one of our top guys on the list he's right up there with you in terms of guys we wanted to have on Perfect. so and I met him at the Oklahoma game if you remember that funny story that I probably can't tell on the um on the uh, on the podcast, I do remember. But <laughs> that was um, that was yeah. That's that's when people ask me for a fun story from Ohio State. That's what I usually say, but never on never in in real in the real world. But anyway, besides CJ, and I would ask him about. We would talk about Browns football. We would talk about podcasting. We would talk about everything. But well, I got the Canton connection with him too because my dad's from Canton. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to his high school. That's why. Oh, really? That's why he makes the most sense. Like that's the realistic, yeah. like awesome yeah, guess yeah. for us. But you know, the guy that I, the, the guy that I would love to have on more than anything, and it's not super realistic, but like Obama, I think just an unbelievably cool, obviously a cool dude. He knows hoops. He <laughs> loves the golf. Yeah, the craziest thing is I feel like that it seemed unrealistic, but I feel like it would be more realistic than any other president. I agree, 100%. You understand what I'm saying? And, and like, I'm just saying you got the right type of thing, the Illinois Connect, you know what I mean? It's not crazy. It's just that's the reach of all reaches, though, yeah. you know? No, but I'm just saying basketball, you know what I mean? Like, you might know the right person, you know what I mean? And just Is that a hint, hint, wink, wink, you're the right person? 
Man, hell no. If, man, if I, knew, if I knew him, you would know, okay? <laughs> all right, no, my, we, my final question, all right? Will you follow me on Twitter after this? I got you, bro. Say less. I have no problem following people. Like, it's, it's free. You feel me? So. <laughs> you, follow, you follow Drive the Lane, but you don't follow Andrew Golden. My fault. I messed. I didn't want to make. I didn't want to make Joey jealous. All right. Fair. No, you're good. <laughs> I do remember Et. You retweeted one of my. Well, I made a TikTok with my sister, and you retweeted it. Oh, that was hard. It. I didn't know you could dance like that. <laughs> I didn't know you. I said, like, "Oh wow, Joey, you, you." <laughs> yeah, you I, can't, I can't move, man. I got. Hey, you remember we talked about it? Jews and Jews and black guys, man. We run in the same circles. You oh, know? you're funny, bro. I was sitting here dying, bro. I was like, "What in the hell?" <laughs> My mom was like, Joey, Evan just retweeted your tweet. And I was like, okay, like, that's not crazy. And then it, and she was like, no, no, it's the dance one. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and now I got like 38,000 views on it. And I was like, I was that was not expected. What is this? I'm like, okay, he's lit. When I got a, I got a better idea. I, I, there's something else I'd rather you do instead of following me. <laughs> what is it? Will you tweet the eye emoji and be like, Big things coming soon. <laughs> Ooh, that, that's what? better. Just tweet if the eye emoji and be like, big things coming soon, dot, 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 eye emoji. And people are going to be or like, like, be on the lookout. What, what day is this release? Uh, uh, Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, you could be like, big things next week, eye emoji. All right, perfect. I got you. <laughs> what, what if it backfires? It's not going to backfire. The only thing, nothing worse is going to happen than someone ramming a semi-truck into your pool. So, right. so no matter how bad it backfired, it wouldn't be worse than that. You're right. You're right. Let's get it. Let's get All right. it. Perfect. <laughs> All right, E.T., this has been phenomenal. Joey, wrap this one up. He's your guy. Shout out yeah, to Joey, he, man, because he's been trying for two and a half years. Bro, seriously, literally a year, we'd be like, ET would be like, yeah, come through. I'm in Chicago. I'd be like, well, we're in Columbus. And then and then you'd be like, no, I'm in, this was back in the COVID day, yeah. not in the COVID days where we could actually hang out. But, yeah, I appreciate you making the time, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of time yeah. making, obviously. So. No, I appreciate it, man. I, no, too, it took so long. Like, bro, I hope Joey don't think I'm trying to smoke him. Like, you know what I mean? No. No yeah. chance. No, we were – it was funny, though, because we're just sitting here watching hoops, you know, so, like, it's fine, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. It's just a little miscommunication, never heard anything. Second time you come on will be less than every every year, so we'll get you again. All right. All right. All right. All right. See you, man. Right, See you. We hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, E.T. Phone Home because we certainly did. But, little spoiler, next week's interview might be even better. And I say interview, but it's really going to be a segment. We're still figuring it out. Haven't recorded it. But trust us, Josh Schaffner, look forward to next week's show because it might just be better than this one. And some experts are calling this one our best show yet. Uh, if you, I mean, oh, my God. Try following that up. Try following that up. If you've been with us from the beginning, you know there's a short list of people we'd like to have on. This guy may or may not be on that list. Um, take that for whatever it's worth. Uh, it puts us in podcast like infamy. Like the list of no, people not that we infamy. Uh, 
podcast. I don't know. It puts us in a unique group of people to have a this person on, and b it puts us in like a hierarchy. A year. Hierarchy. Hierarchy. We our guest this list. Is our job. If we quit right now, our guest list. I would put it up against any non ESPN barstool podcast. Our guest list. Yeah, yeah, and this guy might be number one. He probably is. We're this saying- guy. This guy that we're gonna have on. Okay. Might not just be number one for our show, which it is number one for our show. He would be like, like if we had like Pokemon, if we had like Pokemon cards, okay, and they were guests, and we threw out this guest. <laughs> I don't know if there's many shows that have a guest that beat this guest. Here's what I'll say in more re- realistic, reasonable, understanding terms. If part of my take, if they had a list of guys – that they haven't had on, but they want on. This guy is at or near the top, right or wrong. He might be number. He might be number one. I'm telling yeah. you. When you guys hear this, and and you know, we don't say this a lot. You know, we would only say this about LeBron. Oh, it's not LeBron. It's I promise, LeBron. it's not LeBron. No, that that would probably be number one. But but you guys <laughs> are gonna like this. It's a little hyper localized, but it's still the biggest guest most podcasts will ever have and i hope we're not jinxing it i hope it still happens we're recording it pretty soon but yeah that would be a bummer but we're going to clip the fuck out of our interview with this guy and post it everywhere would not be surprised if it got some pub on the national channels which would be nothing new for us (laughs) oh man but no this episode was great obviously we're looking forward to the next one be on the lookout for some really cool unique interesting and guests that are specific to you know basketball the direction we're trying to go in um this guy maybe doesn't fit that mold but that's okay <laughs> but we're um, gonna have him with another so just just get excited for the next episode also yeah, spoiler joey tell the fans what's coming very 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 soon may even be live tomorrow that's a little hint hint wink wink yeah if you guys have made it this far in the podcast i will spill the beers that we will Zedia is turning into a merchandise company, okay? We're going to be giving you stuff. If you're a Browns fan, there's stuff for you. There's uh, – if you're a Bengals fan, there's stuff for you. If you're an Ohio State fan, obviously there'll be stuff for you. And if you happen to follow me and my career and know what I was quote-unquote known for, there will be something for you. And that could be releasing tomorrow pending my approval. I haven't seen anything yet, so – and we didn't even mention that we're on the ZD network, bro, at the beginning. Oh, well, if you don't know by now, then what are you doing? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll add it in. Maybe I'll just have to go back and add it in. But we are on the ZD network. You know, it's just such a natural thing now that, like, it doesn't need to be talked about. Can we, uh, can we hash out what my role is on the, on the ZD network right now? No, we? no, no. We're not doing that now. We don't have time for that. Shoot! But... Check out the other ZDN Network shows, Browns Huddle Pod, the unofficial Bengals podcast. It's officially unofficial. All right. The Joshua Perry Show, our good guy, Joshua, or our good friend and great guy, Joshua Perry. Also our good guy. I guess that kind of makes sense. And the new show, the baseball show, Ducks on the Pond, is quickly becoming my favorite non-drive-the-land show on the network. Definitely top five favorite show. Check out all the shows. Check out the gear coming soon. And you know, because you know us, we're going to have discount codes. We're going to have giveaways. 
we're going to have raffles, maybe, I guess. That sounds like something cool we could do. <laughs> and potentially coming soon is the official launch of the uh, Zedia Network video game stream, right, Joey? That would be sick. Can I stream for you guys? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know. Sneak peek. Oh, All right, let's get out of here before I, like, release the business debit card number and start spilling other secrets. Oh, yeah, you got a credit card. We know. You're a big company owner. Nice. Debit. 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 Debit card. All right, shout out to our listeners. You guys are the best. Buckle up, driving lane. Joe? Go Buckeyes.